0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Still With You. I am your host, Coley Browning, and I am so excited that you are here. The music you're listening to in the background is from my good friend and singer-songwriter, Christy Masing. Please connect with her through her website at Christymasing.com. Speaking of music, today on the show, I'm speaking with a friend that is truly gifted in this area. Paul Vinson is an indie rock artist from Pensacola, Florida. With his raw talent and ability to write beautiful, moving music, he gained a large local following playing shows all around his hometown of Pensacola before touring the East Coast to promote his debut EP, Leaving Home, which was released in 2017. Since then, Paul has moved to Nashville to write new songs and tell new stories. Paul has been a voice that I have been paying attention to since I have moved to the Gulf Coast, and I can truly say his songs have left a mark on this city, and certainly in seasons of my life. Paul's honesty and authenticity are something to be admired. Plus, in this episode, I have a sneak peek of some of his new music, which he plans to share with the public very soon, but how cool is it that we get to hear it before it's actually released? Y'all know how much I love my friends who make music, so this feels like such a special moment for me. Please stick around. Here is my conversation with my friend, indie rock artist, Paul Vinson. When did you start music?
1: My family makes music. My immediate family, like my mom and dad don't, but my granddad like traveled and sang in gospel quartets for years and years and years. And my uncle and my cousin own a gospel quartet called the Dixie Echoes. So they're... It's uh, such a
0: Southern name. I it, love it. it. it <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: it's very, very Southern. I mean, my... Family is, like, from Mississippi. My dad's family is, like, the heart of Mississippi, so.
0: Is that where you're originally from, Mississippi? No, I'm
1: born and raised here my whole life. Almost the same house for 20 years. We moved to the house that I, that my parents live in now when I was three months old. And I lived there until I moved to Nashville when I was 19 and a half. Mm-hmm. So, um,
0: and you're living there in Nashville now.
1: Yeah, in Nashville now. I was it was always around, but I didn't like start actively playing music until like the fifth grade.
0: When you say playing, what are you talking about? Singing or guitar?
1: You... Started. I always sang, but I never sang like publicly. I started playing guitar, and then in sixth grade, I started playing. I wasn't good enough because my my friend Micah was like the reason I started really playing guitar because I saw him playing like Leonard Skinner and all these like rock, yeah, you know, licks, and I was like, oh. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I picked up guitar. I went to a teacher who became, like, a very big mentor for me, like, early on in middle school, and, like, a big family friend. And me and Micah were, like, best friends. We were over at each other's house every night. He had been playing for longer than I had, and he ripped. And so he was playing lead guitar in this worship band at Olive Baptist Church, and I was playing uh, rhythm guitar. And then somewhere in that year, we adopted this kid who was singing. His name was Bryant. If he, Bryant, if you're listening, like, God bless your soul, like... <laughs> Sorry, it was it was rough. It yeah. was real bad. And one day he wasn't at practice. Well, you said
0: you're in you were in fifth grade or like around sixth that grade. Age. Sixth grade, yeah. yeah. But so like, still, I think that's was, an appropriate adjective I, for all of us. It was,
1: <laughs> it was it was it was bad. And but anyways, like I, we he was gone one day, and I just stepped up and started singing. And then from there, it just like kept happening. And so it you had just always stepped been stepped up
0: that out of nowhere. Kind started. of like
1: I was just like I could do it. Like I'll try. It, it was something I knew like in my heart. I always wanted to do. So I was like always itching for it to happen just like I mean anytime I go to a show when I was little and still now in my heart like I I like want somehow for the person on stage whoever it is whether it's like my uncle or John Mayer or someone to like call me out and be like uh hey will you come up here and play this song like that's always running through my head when I'm like in an audience and it has always been like it's there's a serious itch to be on stage all Uh the time
0: what was your first concert if you don't mind me asking
1: Okay, so the thing that I, like, think of my first concert as is I played a song called Making Melodies on my cousin's mini Squire guitar that I borrowed from her because I thought was cool and I wanted to look cool. And I got in trouble. It was at church in our fifth grade, uh, like, worship on Sunday mornings. Yeah. And it was, like, a little wooden stage, probably, like, 60 kids. And Mr. Drew, who was, like, my guitar teacher, was, like, singing. And I was playing along and... Who knows if I was even plugged in, to be honest, but, like, I was on stage, and I was supposed to be there, and I'd been rehearsing for it, you know, I really think back to my first show, that was when I was, like, telling myself, like, oh, this is it, this is your first show, like, I got in trouble for wearing my hat to church, (laughs) I had a hat on stage, and it was, like, a fedora, and
0: cutting edge exactly yeah
1: and I was I was always getting in trouble at church but that was that was you know when it first started was with the hat
0: yeah but also what was the first concert that you attended to I'm curious
1: um my first concert when I was a kid I was like 10 yeah and I saw Journey Heart and Cheap Trick at the Wharf in Orange Beach wow and it was like I was like singing my lungs out like I loved Journey and I loved Heart and I loved Cheap Trick and that was like the perfect concert I couldn't like my parents love all those bands. Uh-huh. And so, like, we couldn't believe it was happening. Like, I went with my parents and my cousin scooped, and it was awesome.
0: But you moved to Nashville when you were 19, so nobody just picks up usually and does that. That's not the traditional thing. You normally go to college or normally will go into the workforce, but like, you, you moved right out of high school. So, what was it like leading up to that?
1: I've been lucky enough through my life that my parents have instilled in me the power to make decisions by not forcing me to, but letting me make my own decisions from a very young age and being pretty independent. I think in early high school, I talked about going to college uh, and I talked about doing a few different things. And then eventually I thought I was going to go to school for worship leading, Um, but that changed kind of in like late high school. I think maybe Grammy camp was a turning point for me. Wait,
0: you went to Grammy camp? What's that? Uh, like, are we talking Grammys? Yeah, like, like Grammy,
1: like the foundation, like the the show. I, I thought it was what? There's was, a camp. It's a camp. They have a so they have like an educational foundation as part of their like nonprofit organization, and uh, they do these camps every year for kids that are in high school. I think there's one in LA, there's one in New York, and there's one in Nashville. Where
0: did you go to Nashville?
1: Yeah, I was in Nashville. My mom told me about this, and I thought it was bogus. Like I was like, Grammy camp it was a big deal for 16 year old Paul, but I had no clue until I got there and I was working with, like, Grammy award-winning producers and Grammy award-winning artists. And, I mean, it wasn't, like, you know, like, Coldplay and Rihanna, but it was, like, these people who were in the industry, who were doing music as a career, who have won Grammys, who are on the Grammy board. Uh, I met, like, the writer for All the Lights by Kanye. That was a weird... Like, he was just in one day to talk to us, and that was really strange. And there were all kinds of weird... like weird if
0: you're talking to the right girl with that kind of stuff I can fangirl so hard was, over yeah, things that was. are just like you were part of that project oh my goodness like tell me everything it was you nuts. know
1: it, there were definitely like in being 16 and like like seeing the light of the music industry in my eyes like the little shimmer of like thinking it was a total dream in my heart I was like man like it's just a stroke of luck Like I always thought I had it or could do it but I, I was also just like there's there's no like system to it, there's nothing logical about it, it just happens Mm -hmm. one day and you blow up and then you're famous and then you make music and that was so wrong. Mm -hmm. And so like that camp really showed me a practical way to approach the music industry and the fact that there are everyday people that do that for a job and it made artistry a little more human for me and I went, oh, I could do this. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of a turning point where I realized that I wasn't going to go to school for worship leading originally was going to go to Belmont because the Belmont kind of yeah. sponsored that camp there in Nashville and we were using some of their off-campus studios after I started looking at the pricing for college I had some talks with my parents and they were talking about you know well if you stay here for two years then you can go to Belmont and you know we can help you out with that but like if you're just going to go to school for four years at Belmont like I don't we can't really help you with that because like, it's so expensive mm-hmm. and for the first time I saw that decision in my own hands and I was just like It doesn't seem reasonable to me to go into $200,000 worth of debt for a degree. I'm not the kind of person that does well in school walls. I mean, I was already in high school. My, My senior year, I had four classes in a day, and then I was done afternoon. And my last class was the only class I had to pass to graduate. So most days, I was waking up so my mom would think that I left for school. And when she left, I'd go back to sleep and then I wake up and write a song and then I go to my last class. I was skipping a lot of school already for making music and it had just become evident that even if I were paying for college and immersed in it, the more I thought about it, the more I was just like, I don't know if I need this. And then I did a lot of very intensive praying and thinking about that decision because I knew that it was at least on the surface, appeared irresponsible.
0: It intrigues me so much because I feel like inside, everyone kind of wants to be that person where they don't go the normal route to do something great. I'm not a huge risk taker, but I want to be. And so I'm thinking of all of your friends. How, how was that, the reaction of the people around you with your decision? Because you just were like, I'm going for it. I'm moving to Nashville and I believe... You believe yeah. in yourself, right? I certainly
1: got a lot of hell for it. And I, I didn't lose a lot of friends over it, but I learned... Where my friends stand. Yeah. A lot of of people that were not necessarily close, but there were at least just friends that had so much to say about me deciding not to go to college to pursue music... That was a very, like, eye-opening moment for me to, because I was very confident in the decision. There was certainly a little bit of pride behind it, not necessarily, like, deviating from the, like, standard path, although I'm sure that there was a bit of that in there too, like, but more so just the idea that I had looked at all of the problems and all of the things, and I had figured out that this was the better way to go. And, I, and I'm, for me, at least, I'm yeah. confident that it was a better path. I don't talk bad about music education or, like, my girlfriend goes to school at Belmont Summer. right now. Mm -hmm. She's in the songwriting program.
0: You guys don't get enough credit for what you do. And you're talking about how you went through a really rough season of kind of carving that path. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that people understand the sacrifice that many artists have to walk through and feel to produce the things that make us feel alive.
1: There certainly is a lot of friction in in going forward and doing the thing that you want to do. And, And that seems to be what it's about as an artist and is just... Finding your purpose and, and doing it, regardless yeah. of everything that's in your way. Using you know the friction of, of those things to, to make the art. Honestly, that time in my life where I decided not to go to college was very strange. But it was also the start of the, one of the most uplifting times of my life. Because yeah. I spent my first two years here in Pensacola, before I moved to Nashville, just working on artistry. Yeah. And I showed everyone around me that I cared about this was something I could do. And now I could literally have a phone conversation with my dad yesterday on my way here. We were talking about college and he was like, no, I'm glad you didn't go. I yeah. think you made the right decision. Mm-hmm. I, and they were never hard on me about it, but it was always just like, have you really thought this through? And I was like, just trust me, I've thought it through. Even now, what I think is a very small glimpse of what could be much bigger, I'm reaping the rewards of decisions yeah. that I made. And I'm just grateful for that, but that, I don't know how to credit it to anything.
0: Did was, you start writing write, uh, Leaving Home When you were In those two years Of getting into uh, artistry?
1: Yes and no And like, for
0: everyone Who's listening That's your EP
1: My first EP It's yeah. like my high school EP Is what it feels like Do you like even do it? Was, you like it? Y- yeah Okay yeah Because a
0: lot of people I hear like they don't like I love it But some people I know when they It's their first thing They're like Oh it's so cringy
1: You can love something And not always like it And that's exactly how I feel okay. I love it I put my heart Into that project And it's so good 18, By the way 17. It's so good Thank you Thank you so much. But it obviously, like, I don't relate to it anymore. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like me. It felt like me then, so it makes sense. Yeah. But, like, and I can go back to it and listen to it, and sometimes I do. And Once in a blue moon, I'll go back and just listen through those songs. It is, like, enlightening to see, one, for, like, personal growth, like, to see how far I've come. Mm-hmm. But also just to, like, reminisce on all of the, like, heart that was put into those songs. Although, it is hard to listen to your own music, and I think often as musicians... We hate music Usually even before we put it out By the time a song is like ready to go Usually exhausted with it Just because there's such a long process that goes Some of those songs are written two years before they came out Mm, And we recorded that EP three times The first time we scratched it The second time we started Scratched it again and the third time we just kind of knocked see, it out see that's what
0: I'm talking about that sacrifice like no one would think about that when they just listened to a song for three minutes can you tell me about the artwork for came around is that house in Pensacola yeah
1: the house is on nine and a half mile or it was it actually like I, so it, did you
0: just did you have to give permission for that or did you just go for uh, it
1: I don't know if I had to, but I certainly didn't, so...
0: I like that even more than Yeah, cool. <laughs> I,
1: um, uh, so this place where we recorded was, like, a little church that's off of Nine and a Half Mile. Yeah. In an office in that church that my friend was, like, leading worship at, at the time, so we used all of his equipment. I would take that way, because I live in Cantonment, and so I would take that road there every day, and I saw that house that was burnt down, and I was, like... Mm-hmm. Oh, this is perfect. And so one day I was riding with my friend Maya in the car and I was like, we have to go by this house. I need you to take a picture. And she's like, okay, pretty off the cuff. Like it was just an idea that I was had in the back of my head, but like there was no real planning to it. So we pulled over and I gave her my iPhone eight. She took a couple pictures and we used that. And I literally edit like the text edit is on like the over app. You just took it with your iPhone. Mm -hmm. The outfit was totally unplanned. Like I just like happened to be wearing it and all that stuff. So it was funny. It worked out perfect. I, I don't know why that house burned down on Nine and a Half Mile, but I'm grateful that it did. Yeah. Uh, sorry, if that's your
0: house. <laughs> your song came around. I feel like has such a special place in my heart because I think of like the okay. lyrics. You know, like you know, we were young and naive, and like still scared of what we couldn't see. And I feel like Pensacola will always be a place like where I feel like I truly found myself, because it's it's the place that I've lived, like, other than my, my home state. My husband and I moved here when we were newly married, and, like, those lyrics truly feel like what I've lived out yeah. the first couple of years. It's almost, to me, personally, you uh, know, to, like, what the city's done for me, because the people I've met here and living here will forever leave a mark on me.
1: Mm-hmm. And th- That is actually kind of how I see the song now, after growing up here my entire life, and building friends here my, enti- my whole life, and, and really at the moment what feels like my peak here best thing that I can remember doing right now in my artist career although I've done plenty of things that I'm very proud of is the show that we played here at Vinyl which was like a peak of this whole process yeah and so I love all those songs on NDP like I said but that's the one that transcends them and for me like that's the song that matters still to this day like Mm -hmm. if there's a song that I wrote Back then, that I was really proud of, it's that one. Yeah. And um,
0: I feel like it has left a mark on this city, thank you. like really, because it just carries the weight of many conversations that I've had with people about where they are.
1: Yeah, thank you. And I, being I think here. it was so funny. I mean, I wrote that song in my car in a voice memo. Something about being in a car, being forced to be in your own head a lot, is, and, and have no distractions, but also have the distraction of driving. Like, it's nice to be driving. Because then I have something to do with my hands and with my brain, so it's. it's you don't it's listen to music when you drive. I do, I do, but not always. If I, if I'm like, sometimes I'll go through my voice memos or, some, or mm-hmm. if something comes up, I'll stop to do that. And that was that in that moment, something. Had, I was driving home and something had, that those thoughts had come up, and I kind of just like spit out the chorus. And then I came home and started like writing the song. And I, I don't had the guitar part already from something else. And I actually, like, recycled a song that I had written, like, two years before into that song. And, like, it came together. And I was like, oh, well, that was really cool. That song to me feels like a step up from everything else on that EP. It was a very foundational moment in songwriting for me to know, like, that I could do this. And yeah. that it was good. And I love it.
0: You mentioned before we started recording that you've you've written 120 songs. Can you share that again? So that
1: was 2018 when I set out to move to Nashville I told myself I needed to be writing more. Then it also entered into a process of discovery because I kind of lost my direction with music and what I wanted to do. So I just wrote. My first three months in Nashville, I never went out. Most days were like, woke up at 5, went to work, got home from work at 3, took a like 15-minute nap, woke up, ate a sandwich, and wrote a song, cooked dinner, went to bed, and just did that for a long time. Within the past year, I set out a goal to write 100 songs and then ended up doing... I think it was about 120 in a little over a year. In that process, discovered a lot of new elements of music that I appreciate and in new direction for where I'm headed. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I like, grew a lot as a lyricist and as a songwriter, composer, and even as a producer in certain ways and as a music listener. So, I mean, these last two years have been really huge for me personally. And it's funny because I felt like I had found myself when I was in Pensacola and as soon as I left, I lost all of it. Yeah. And I'm completely rediscovering it. been a very painful but very fun journey. And those songs just kind of happen to be part of that.
0: How often does real life spill over into your songwriting?
1: It's hard for me to write about uh, nothingness. And it's mm-hmm. also boring. It's so boring to write like...
0: Like the songs that feel like they're on a conveyor belt. Like, yes, yeah. exactly,
1: yeah. I mean, pop music is fun. Don't get me like... I've literally been listening to Taylor Swift's new album. I'm stoked, <laughs> like, thank God it's out. Same. Today was a huge day for music, by the way. I we with so heart. many albums. No, no. Okay. Way. Don't act like, like that's
0: out of the question that you could Taylor, have met you were hanging out all. with James Taylor. That was
1: I wasn't hanging out with James Taylor. I met James Taylor. But oh, okay, that was fine. That was a, like, that was a fluke. That was pure luck, but.
0: I saw him when he came to the Bay Center. How was it? It was amazing.
1: He still got it. He's amazing, and he's so. He did,
0: like, three encores, though.
1: Well, he loves it. <laughs> he loves it. It was awesome. I mean, I grew up listening to him in the car with my dad. And yeah. And, like, and I don't really get, like, you know, it's a natural thing to see people around, but I, like, to see James Taylor, I, like, left work. And went out of my way and I got so nervous like I couldn't speak like I was trying to talk to him and I like just to ask him for a picture like that was pretty much all that was said it's like and I told I think I told him thank you eventually somewhere in that process but I was just like shaking and Summer was with me, me
0: every she time. was literally just
1: like hey can we just get a picture like and that was the fact that she did that is the only reason we got a picture, because I wasn't going to let him get into his car and drive off, because I was way too nervous to talk to him.
0: Paul, you need to teach me how to get out of that moment, because I feel like I have that a lot with even I, I random know. people.
1: I don't I know. Was, I was... That was the first time I've ever had nerves kick in, though, for something like that. Do Unless, you get
0: nervous when you play?
1: No. Um, oh, maybe... I'm so
0: jealous. Like,
1: a little... Sometimes. But, no. Like, before the vinyl show, that was, like, the last time I remember, like, some really big nerves, but nothing, like... Nuts! Nothing that would ever prevent me from getting on stage, and I'm not like throwing up backstage or anything like that. Some guys like will just like. Does
0: that really happen? Yeah,
1: people would just puke. The are backstage. there people who know, are
0: same. consistently doing that for a living and still having that Absolutely. reaction? Really? I mean,
1: yeah, it, I, I, I can't don't know. Name I'm off not the a... top of my head, but that's
0: no. It. I you don't have to name name drop. I just am curious because. I wonder, like, when is the moment? Like, when that stops happening? And I guess it doesn't. Sometimes
1: it doesn't. Yeah, and you just you just do it anyways. Like, if you have to puke and rally, like, go for it. But I uh, no, I've never been nervous. Even when I was a little kid, like, this is what I wanted to do, and this is like, I feel more comfortable usually on stage. Well, what makes you nervous then?
0: It has to be something.
1: I get angst. Like, I get a lot of anxiety before things happen. Uh, like putting tours together, and, like worrying if people are going to show up. Okay. That, that or making sure I'm not gonna like die or wreck my car or something awful is gonna oh, happen. Oh, but singing in front something. of
0: people is not a big deal. Uh, no, uh,
1: but that's like I don't know.
0: No, that's just interesting. I didn't mean to make light no, no, of it. No, no, that's no, it's crazy because I, I just I mean, think of when I have to do something in front of a group of thirteen, fifteen people, or, or even like teaching different things. I love it. I literally live for the after moment of it. That like it is makes me so nervous. But I tried explaining that to a friend. A couple of friends, and I don't think they got it. I was like, I know that this is gonna make me so nervous, but the high that I get as soon as Outward. I get offered, it is better than that, anything. <laughs> I'm like, that's oh a my crazy gosh. rush like, for me, too. God, um, you just showed up and I did this, you know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's like, and, then, and that's the fun of it. Like, you certainly do get a little bit of nerves before you go on stage, but it's, it's usually like, it's usually, even in the last moment, just like as I'm walking on stage, my stomach just goes, but it's quick, very subtle afterwards is like a rush like that is so even if even if I'm getting off stage and someone else is about to come on and I'm not interacting with people it can just be like wow like when you when you know you've connected and when you know you've I don't know what it is about that but then like after about 10 minutes of that I get like a whole brand new like social anxiety because then you start getting like you're talking to people you're trying to like Be as genuine as possible with everyone. Mm -hmm. Care about these people. Anyone that's coming to the show, yeah. I'm grateful that you're here, and also like it's evident that you care about me enough to pay to be here and to listen and to know the words to songs. And so it's like you want to give them the amount of time that you feel like is kind of allotted to them. But then at the same time, it's like, there are others that you have to get to. And so there's just so many different people I have to talk to or like say hey to. And it's like, I get a little bit of social anxiety, but it, usually it's more just excitement and yeah. you know, extroverted energy is kind of what I feel off of. So
0: yeah. I heard heard a quote by um, Jeremy Courtney. He's part of like a project called Redemptive Love, but he was talking about like fear is a Good thing it just doesn't need to drive the car. Like, it yeah. does, you don't need to be a driver, it needs to be in the back seat. I'm trying to learn also how to translate. Is this really fear? Am I just like really excited and it's coming across as fear? Yeah. Well, that's
1: probably the healthy part of fear, mm-hmm. is being really excited and having a little bit of fear in it. I fear not making it in music.
0: Do you feel a lot of pressure?
1: I guess I don't feel pressure in my like path of life. Like, I don't feel like when I show up to eat at Thanksgiving, I don't feel pressure and like, oh, that's Paul. He's trying to make music like that.
0: No, I'm talking about more so like I'm only as good as my latest work.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, Cause is that a,
0: makes my heart hurt when I think it, about you guys. It hurts.
1: It is, it is. there With Instagram too and like Twitter and, and the social media world. And yeah. There is a really hard comparison mm-hmm. that can be made. And for me, that's something that I've actually been like processing and dealing with now. Especially in Nashville, because you're surrounded by other artists yeah. that are doing exactly what you're doing at the same caliber as you. Sometimes better, sometimes worse. And I've just tried to not make as many judgments in that and, and kind of care a little bit less. The difficult part for that in me is I have to be in tune with the scene. I have to know what's going on in Nashville. But at the same time, like I have to be doing my own thing. So I've been finding a balance in that. In the last three or four months, I've gotten a lot better at that. It was very overwhelming when I first moved to Nashville. I mean, comparison is alive and well. And it's, it has been forever and will always be. And it can be healthy to an extent, I think. There, yeah, I mean, but it
0: pushes me to want to better myself often. Exactly.
1: And that's why I moved to Nashville. I wanted to be around people that were kicking my ass every day. Yeah. And that wasn't happening here anymore. I let that get the best of me. And I think most people do in certain ways. And I've kind of... There is certainly a fear of, like... Being attached to your work, I mean, even like with the song "Last Summer," like that song is great, yeah. Uh, but like, I don't feel any value to it. Like, I would remove that song from Spotify before I removed any of my EP. Although I will never remove. Although I
0: from like, Spotify. I like "Last Summer." Like, it's I good. like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it
1: just like it to me. It was literally like it was probably a, it was a song that has no backstory and no mm-hmm. meaning, and it was something that we put out for fun. And now looking back on it, it doesn't reflect the part of artistry that I'm pursuing right and so it was just like I think it's awesome but at the same time it was kind of like a curveball and so now I'm scared that as I start releasing my next project
0: when are you I, releasing it
1: I don't quite know can I be the
0: first to know please I want to be one of the well I'm sure your Instagram fan page will want to know too uh, yeah I mean I can't believe you have a fan page I mean I do believe it because I you are doing amazing things but you. that is so cool I can't
1: believe it and I, I don't really like it yeah That was just, like, a strange situation of, like I said, in Minneapolis, like, these uh, girls that happened to start the fan page that were, I met them, they're very sweet, they're very nice, (laughs) and I think it was more so just out of pure excitement of after that show and that night... I, I, I honestly, I, I don't know if I follow it or not. But I, no, you do. I do. Okay. Uh, yeah, you do. I you're,
0: you're all good. Yeah. But, I, I, when I you know, found it, I was like, it was that's hilarious. Like, I love it.
1: I immediately like sent it to my girlfriend. I was like, this is hilarious because I can't like see. You that have kind to of expect stuff. that yeah.
0: coming with the territory, though. Oh, I mean, of
1: course. But it's just like funny because like like I'm an absolute dork. Like, why? <laughs> what kind of fan? Like, what what do I? Like, I don't even use Instagram that much. Like, what content do you have to make a? fangirl account of me with but like I also am the same kind of person that like I follow like the 1975 fan accounts I have like three that I follow that like mainly because I think they're hilarious but also because I love the band Mm -hmm. but it's it's certainly funny to watch these like young like teenage guys and girls who just go crazy over like Maddie Healy and they're literally it's a community of fans who send pictures to each other of the bands and then they have something so they have something to post every night Mm-hmm. which is nuts. But, yeah, no, it, it is really odd. It, it's it's funny. It's it's very sweet. I'm grateful for it, but I, I certainly... Like, when I told my parents, you know, we all laughed about it. Yeah.
0: So going back to new music, are you working on an album, an EP? What are I've called adoring? it an
1: album. I've, uh, I've called it an album so many times, and now I don't know because of the process and what it costs to yeah. make a record in. Um, I
0: don't even know how you narrow down from 120 songs what you where do you do that you, part's not
1: as hard really okay yeah, i mean the good ones they stick around those get a little bit more sentimental usually it, it basically is like i had a ranking system for a while i was adding them all to a note in my phone and i would put like the okay emoji or like a fire emoji That's or funny like a hard emoji and there was a big transition in that and through that transition that kicked off about 60 plus songs where i was just like mm-hmm. oh bye Really, like, the project I've been working on, most of the songs come from, I think, song 80 was where everything kind of, like, flicked from 80 to pass. I didn't, I kind of stopped, I stopped counting after I hit 100. At that point, like, that was all I cared about for my goal was knowing that I could do it. I kept writing because I didn't, like, I felt empty and I didn't feel like I had finished the project that I was working on. Yeah. And now I feel like I've finished it and I'm still writing and I've got more songs so I really feel like I've finished it. But I have to record and pay for recording to get all that out. I'm working on that, but it's a pretty extensive process. And in Nashville, it's easy and difficult at the same time, which is strange. It was easier here to put a band together and just do our own thing. But in Nashville, there's a little more professionalism to it, which is great and was what I went for. But that also makes it a little more difficult sometimes.
0: As promised, here is a sneak peek of one of Paul's new songs, Forest Fires. And I
1: miss the days when we were alive And I miss the way your hand fit in mine We used to burn like forest fires Our faces made for each other's eyes we were alive Where did we go to die? Cause I miss my forest fire There's a lot of planning that goes into making a set Especially, you know, with the audience in mind Of them all being strangers Or even like when I play a so far show I don't know anyone there ever so like we played so far in Chicago and that was 80 plus people and I had no clue who any of them were Every element of that set Every song was set in place to keep their attention to grab their attention And, and there, there are certain like just like in a story I would have
0: loved to see you play in Chicago. I love Chicago so much.
1: It was really it's cool. one of my
0: favorite cities
1: I've never uh, I'd never been until then. Really? I had such a fun time. I've
0: been like many times
1: yeah, no, I want to go back. It was like it felt like New York, but a little bit more laid back. Have
0: you been to New York?
1: I love New York. I've been
0: to New York, and I've I want only to been go. Once. I want to go so bad.
1: We went on tour, uh, on my dorm tour. And oh yeah, yeah, I remember reading NYU. about that. It was nuts. That was a wild time, it's the only time I've ever been. Um, but it was so cool. <laughs> I don't know if I could handle living there for a long period of time. But like, I would love to be there for a year of my life and just experience the city. It certainly, I feel like, would be a little sad. It would be hard to live around all those people and not, like... Because I feel like you just kind of have to do your own thing in New York. But it's such a cool place.
0: Do you feel yourself, like, itching to go somewhere else in Yes. You, really? Yeah,
1: I think... I love Nashville, and I think I'll be there for probably another 8 or 10 years.
0: Okay. Um, but yeah. I
1: don't plan to, like, settle with the family in Nashville. And that could change.
0: I didn't know how attached you were to it.
1: The move was strictly, not strictly, but obviously Nashville's a cool town. I have a lot of interest in it. Yeah. It was more because that's where the music business Mm -hmm. is and that's where I felt like I needed to be. I would love to try out a few different places up north further. I would like things to be a little colder. I'm sick of the heat. I want to get away from blistering heat. I don't want to be snowed in but like parts of like maine and and uh washington look really cool i mean a little bit opposite ends but yeah and then like california is cool it doesn't i was really gonna inter- ask you
0: about california because i felt like that's something that you might
1: it doesn't really spark my interest really? that okay. much maybe like in northern california but i don't really like i don't have any problems with la i just don't it's not this where is not I would your jam yeah. yeah yeah uh, san diego is kind of cool though i spent some time there my aunt lived there for a long time in san diego really cool hot but no mosquitoes so (laughs) that's fine um i would like a fall and a winter and
0: uh that's what i miss about living in the midwest yeah
1: i want to see flowers grow i I don't just want to see green like i would like to be somewhere where i can see colors and be outside and i I like mountains i like water that is not salt water
0: i feel like you need all those things for like good music you know like yeah it It does certainly that stuff definitely makes an impact on at least with me, like when I'm riding or doing something, it, the weather oddly enough does have a effect it's on how seren- like I feel. A little
1: bit of serene, and yeah, it, I mean, I mean, even just like I'm pretty intentional about. It doesn't have to be that way, but like the environment in my room to be set up to uh, at least tidy and clean, so that there's nothing that is distracting me. Uh, even now, like I've tried to turn off. I can't really turn off my phone because I have to use my voice memos. Yeah, but I've tried to turn off like the internet when I write and, like, disconnect everything so that I'm just, like, in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's a little harder sometimes. Just depends.
0: When Arthur was on the show, you know Arthur? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he was on I the show, Arthur. he was talking with me about places that he goes and even where I go, when we need to remember, like, why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. What place would that be for you? Or what setting reminds you of that? Because he talks about how mm-hmm. he sits at Disney and will just sit and write and, like, just let people be busy around him while he's still
1: for me, that's on stage. When I need to be reminded of why I'm doing what I'm doing, I go play a show. Because when I get off stage, I'm always like, oh yeah. The music part of it is the hardest part uh, for me. And that's something that I'm working on as a musician to get better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I can make ends meet with that. But um, yeah, to me, on stage and being in front of people and singing my heart out like... When I get done with that, that is the place for me, and it, that's—it's so funny that that's it. But it's very grounding to get off stage. It, it's always a reminder of like, oh yeah, keep doing this. You love this. Like, don't doubt yourself. Yeah. Um. And like you're cut out for this. Like just go do it.
0: When we were first corresponding about doing the recording, I don't even remember exactly what you said, but I was like, sorry if I'm b- bothering you, and you said like never or never apologize for being. What you said something to me like never apologize for being. For asking the hard questions or, so, yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like I mean, that, and I was like, I don't know, that felt empowering to me. It's, I it's like, truth.
1: I mean, like sometimes like, the truth no. hurts, and that's fine. Like I think you're doing a disservice to someone if you're if you pander to their feelings. To be honest, that being said, there is a place to be gentle, and there's uh, a place to think about people's feelings. Like you absolutely should. I'm not saying <laughs> disregard people's feelings, yeah. but you're doing a disservice to someone if you're instilling within. Something that's not the whole truth. I mean, if you're, if you're afraid to hurt someone, I don't, oh, I don't know, this is tough. Like, if you're with the truth, like, then you're hurting them even more yeah. than you would be by telling them the truth or asking the hard question. Like, that, yeah. that's, that's, I mean, that's fun, right? I mean, if we, like, just sat here and talked about, like, my favorite songs, my favorite bands, like, that's cool and that's cute, but, like, I'd rather you ask me more intensive questions, and I think that people would rather listen to that.
0: I definitely feel like it's just me as a person I always try to think of like what are the questions that like I want to know and that I'm afraid to ask like I'm going to ask them but
1: It's the same thing in like Katy Perry's song Never Really Over That yeah. song, amazing Great song, really good It doesn't connect with you in the same way that You're... Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley does You okay. know what I mean? Like there's something about the grit of that song Yeah And the brutal honesty of that song that really connects or even like a really tough one like like all oh, apologies by nirvana like that song is amazing and it was a huge song and the reason it was huge is not because it was like i mean it's very melodic and beautiful but not because it was melodic and beautiful but because it was real kurt did not hold back at all in writing that song and it is sad as hell and that's what we like connect to we connect to honesty we connect to yeah. humanity and that's you know that's why people like music and we don't completely understand that but I imagine that the human aspect of it is most of it
0: yeah so I feel like I, we get that though with your music like you isn't your music and how you present yourself I definitely see that in you. you and I appreciate that and I think that's gives us permission to all feel and beat not be ashamed of that grit too yeah, thank Still. you
1: that was certainly something I tried to be intentional about going in. Yeah, it's evident. I didn't want to evident. pander to anyone, and I wanted that, which sometimes can come off harsh, and that's a little bit of my fault, I, and sometimes I'm a little too much, and I, I'm working on that as well, but I didn't want to pander, and I didn't want to be soft to anyone because I wanted the honesty that I communicated to inspire and to help people feel better about yeah. doing what they do, and, and that's why I'll never pander to talk about how... Hard something is. I mean, like songwriting or playing music or being on stage or, or just being human and breathing and how hard it is to do those things. Um, Truth behind that is more inspiring than for me to say, you know, like, will you go live your best life and you can do this today. Like that stuff. At least for me, doesn't really resonate. Like inspirational, motivational quotes never was anything that made me feel empowered. It was more of things that helped me. See the the reality of what was going on, and to go okay, cool, and I could I could I could kind of pick myself up with that.
0: I feel like I, as a person, I've always tried to like avoid pain, and now that I'm kind of like settling into mm-hmm. that, I feel like that's where some of like my, my my most raw emotions come from.
1: Some people like to dive into pain, and that's not certainly healthy either. But
0: I don't but, think running from it, like I know, was, running, was good. Yeah, avoiding it,
1: running from it, um, certainly not good for anything. I think pain is going to come no matter how hard you run and I think the harder you run the harder it's going to hit you in the end of it yeah and, and the harder it's going to hurt if you will if you'll take it when it comes it won't linger as long and the lingering effects can be brutal sometimes mm-hmm. worse than like a shot at the doctor's office like we can make so much out of something that's so little and then when it hits you you're fine
0: exactly like shots don't hurt no you're Speaking right for myself, like they a, a
1: shot doesn't hurt
0: yeah. Like, and it's over.
1: Yeah, and you're done. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's certainly a fear of pain, and and that is just kind of a skew of reality. Like, don't don't worry about it. Like, you're gonna like always going to feel pain. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's mortality.
0: Yeah. But I have to say also too, like even music like yours and other friends of mine and just people that I find inspiration from, like music, honestly, is sometimes like it's. I don't even think it's a band aid. It's like the best medicine to walk you through mm-hmm. stuff like that.
1: It certainly is a, a great coping mechanism. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it helps me, I mean, rest, sleep. I found I found rest in, for Emma Forever Ago in Nashville. I, w- I wasn't sleeping for a while, and that album kind of helped me like go to sleep
0: mm-hmm. for some time.
1: Uh, and I really needed that. It's easy to escape in music, but I don't think that's necessarily yeah. a healthy way to do it either.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, It's almost like medicine to know. Like, For me, this is so crazy, but I was like, this song is like, really deep in the motion, but it also ends in three minutes, and so I'm going to be okay to sit. I yeah. know that's... Do you do There's you know the Enneagram?
1: Yeah. I do. What um, is your number? I'm a three wing four.
0: Okay, cool. Like,
1: I've taken that test three times, and every time I think I've gotten three wing four. I think one time I got a three wing two, which I thought was a little odd, but
0: but yeah. That's interesting. That's, yeah, I'm a seven, so I've had to work through some stuff on mm. trying not to medicate in the wrong way of just like ignoring pain and just saying yeah that it's i'm okay do i don't right have now. to like cut my hair or reinvent myself to get over something you no, know yeah, you're not like
1: cutting your bangs to um <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, which
0: truly has happened not, oh i mean
1: yeah power to you too i mean i understand why i yeah. would do the same sometimes but and also that has become a very trendy thought I listen to a song right now I think that's called cut your bangs by a band called girl and I love it but uh that's beside the point uh, but yeah um avoiding pain and, and trying to steer around it it really does I do think only kind of hurts you more yeah. or at least uh disables you from doing the things that you should be doing
0: yeah uh,
1: and, and that's not helping anyone so yeah.
0: is there anything else that we should be excited for tour music which I can't wait for no, I mean, And by the way, thank you for making yeah, time for this.
1: No, thank you. This was wonderful. I mean, we, we just had an honest conversation, so there's not much to, you know, Yeah. didn't... Uh, I
0: love music that my friends make, though, and so I'm glad we're friends now. Yes,
1: me too. Uh, I'm trying to think of things. Uh, today's my dad's birthday. Dad, happy birthday. He's 57 today. Oh, wow. So, happy birthday, old happy man. Happy birthday. You made it. There's really not much. I mean, we talked about the music... That's coming out, uh, I don't have any... I'm excited any, like, for it. And I'm too, but I okay, I'm just working on it, so just just be patient. We that's will, my, that's we my will we'll be patient. Just, it's please, gonna be worth the wait. Please be patient, please don't forget about me, please come to all the shows. Yeah. Follow me on Spotify, that's the one that matters.
0: Everyone do all of these things, because you you have amazing music, <laughs> I would be crazy not to.
1: Thank you, thank you so much. Gosh, yeah I don't, I think that's it, I mean I don't listen to the new Taylor Swift album, it's pretty good. Lava. Like, Cruel Summer is the best song on the record. I'll say it. It's true. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, don't, don't be, don't apologize. Yeah, don't no, apologize. I, I Paul. certainly won't. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank I you. appreciate it. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. Is Paul not the best? He is incredibly hardworking, encouraging, creative, all the things that we want to be. I am so grateful for his music and the experiences I've had in my life and listening to them, especially living in the city of Pensacola. Go check out his music, attend a show, and follow him on social media. You can find more information in the show notes on my website, or you can visit paulvinson.net. His social media handle is also at paulvinson. So go give him a huge thanks for being on Still With You. And again, listen to all of his music. There is not a single track that you will not love. I wanted to thank you guys so much for being here. And if I have not connected with you, I would absolutely love to. Please drop me a message through my website, coleybrowning.com, or you can follow me on social media at Coley Browning. That's K-O-H-L-A-E and Browning like the rifle. I would love to hear your thoughts from listening to the show. Thanks so much for hanging out. God is so good. And I promise I'm praying for you guys, my friends, every single day. Be bold, be brave, be you. And remember that he is still with you. Oh, yeah.